2: So welcome down to the Rick Shields podcast, everybody. The sun has come out, people are back on the golf course, the social media seems to have gone crazy with everyone playing golf again, and we are back to talk about all things golf, what happened in the videos this week, and I'm joined here with producer Guy. How are you, Guy?
3: I'm good. Um, I've got some good news and some bad news, so I'll hit you with the good news first, shall I? Go for it. We are in for a good podcast today because we have got some good topics to talk about. But I've actually put a little bit of effort in today, Rick, which you'll be happy to know. And we have got some nice. really good um, stories from some emails to talk about. So if you remember last week, we talked about. Um, I think well, I think we did it on the podcast, but certainly on the Facebook group, we put a post out asking for anyone that's got any weird golf habits or stu- superstitions. Yep. So, I have got three really good ones of those. We have also brought back Listener of the Week. So, we've got a really good wow. Listener of the Week. And we've also... We need the jingle again. We do. It was Listener of the Week.
2: <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da.
3: And we've also got a really good Nightmare Golf Shot story as well. So, nice. that is the good news. Okay. Hit me
2: with the bad the news. The bad
3: news is, well, it's been nearly three years for me now at... Rick Shields Media, and it's been great. It was a September day back in 2007 when I joined you, Rick, and we went on this journey. It's not been been quite (laughs) in 2017. (laughs) And I think we had 243,000 subscribers then, and since then it's just been brilliant, hasn't it? We've had some amazing videos, some great times, some great memories. What are you going to tell me? I think. It's about time that I go after my dream. And this is a dream that I've had for probably a week now. I think it's time okay. that I move over to the States and I follow my dream of joining the NBA and playing for Chicago Bulls. Because I've, in the last week, become a massive Michael Jordan fan, an even bigger Scotty Pippen fan. And I think it's time now, at the age of 29, 5'11 and 3 quarters, that I join the ranks... What do you think? <laughs>
2: You're looking to get a draft pick <laughs> for next year. Wouldn't
3: mind a draft pick.
2: <laughs> that's all. That's literally all I know. So I'm guessing you've been watching. Um, God, what the hell is it called? Jumpman. No,
3: oh, what's it called? The Last Dance.
2: That's it. The Last Dance. Um, I've watched, I think, three episodes so far. I'm guessing
3: you've completed all it, ten. Uh, it's arguably mm, that one of the yeah. best documentaries I've ever seen.
2: Yeah, it, it, it's unbelievable how much footage they had of that final season. Yes. And how much behind the... Se- I mean, it's just phenomenal. I mean, that's it's not even including the actual basketball games because there's little highlights and stuff, but it's all the behind-the-scenes stuff.
3: Well, apparently, I watched a YouTube video about it, and the guard, the production team or the directors or whatever pitched it to them all. Apparently, Michael Jordan was the least keen on doing it at the time. Um, and they said, right, well, we'll film everything. The worst case, you've got an amazing... Uh, like home video for your family to watch, your kids to watch when they grow up. And apparently this is the kind of rumor what I, what I listened to and I saw was the fact that they got all this footage, they banked it for essentially 20 years, and then he was like, right, okay, you can do something with it now. And that was like two years ago, and it's been obviously in production since then. That's
2: crazy. I suppose back then, it, there would have been no YouTube, so it would have been literally homemade. It would have been just for their own archives, because they wouldn't have known YouTube was around back in, what was it, 97, yeah. was or ni- early in 97. Yeah, it is an amazing show. We need to complete it. Claire, my wife's not that into it, so it's one of those weird ones at the moment. We've just got into Killing Eve. Oh, yeah. I don't know if, if they that. have that over that. in the US. Um. But we're into that at the moment, and they're only half an hour, forty minute episodes, so it's much much easier to digest. But I will get, I will finish off the last dance definitely. Um, well, I, talking about the numbers, this this month has been a record breaking month. The month of May, we've had the most growth on the Rick Shields YouTube channel we've ever ever seen. Uh, the numbers are, are unbelievable compared to even the summer of last year where we thought the numbers were amazing so thanks so much for everybody supporting the youtube channel uh, we've had over forty thousand new subscribers in may alone which is incredible um so thanks so much for that and thanks to guy for his hard work and the tim and harry my editors who who work tirelessly behind the scenes to put those wonderful videos together for you guys to enjoy across the globe um and talking about one that people have been enjoying across the globe, Guy, I think we need to talk about the recent video we uploaded on Friday, which definitely caught a lot of people's attention.
3: I'm happy with how that video came out because my worry, and this is what I said to you at the start, was people are going to see this golf club. If you've not seen it yet, it's a swingless golf club. How would you best describe it, Rick? It's a gun. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. It has bullets
2: and it's it a gun. Basically, it's a basically a gun. You get, You get... Ammunition with it, you get it, the bullet cartridges full of gunpowder, and a lot of people have compared it to apparently something that you use to to nail, uh, to hammer nails mm. into concrete. So it's like a concrete gun. And quite simply, I saw it a, a couple of years ago. It's a it's a swingless golf club, as Guy said, where you literally you don't have to do anything. You put this device, this club, what looks like a golf club, to some capacity behind the golf ball. You pull the safety trigger, you hit the you hit the actual trigger, and the ball flies anywhere between seventy-five yards to two hundred yards, depending on on where you've placed a lever on the back of the club, it determines how far the ball will go. And as Guy mentioned, I, I saw these online quite a bit and They've kind of been taken as a bit of a joke, and they've been. And to be honest, I kind of saw it as a bit of a joke originally. I was like, oh, this is going to be such a fun video. You know, we've done fun videos in the past where I've tested a golf ball that only flew straight, a 750cc driver, illegal golf balls, um, uh, tape on a face, extra, extra long drivers. The list goes on in the last couple of years. And I thought this kind of sat in that category as a bit of a... Bit of a gimmicky, tight, fun, entertaining video. I thought it would do well because the thumbnail and the view, the thumbnail and the uh, title was going to be so good. But actually, once we started doing a bit of research, we actually started to discover much more about the product, Mm. which made it so much more relevant to potentially every single one of us as we all continue to get older and potentially have some limitations down the line. Well,
3: that's one thing post the video I thought of we didn't probably mention but we kind of have alluded to is the fact that we do went down the angle of it's for people that have played golf for let's say 30 years, love the game, the member of a golf club, you know, part of a big community, go out for the the laugh with the friends, etc etc. and for whatever reason whether it be a, you know, a terrible accident or just old age can't swing a golf club anymore. So then one of them still go and play golf with the friends and this device if you like this golf club will help them do that. That's certainly true. But from a few of the comments I saw, actually, and and thinking about it in more depth, and kind of obviously, it's a great way for people that have just you know aren't able bodied anyway to get into the game of golf. So I saw a comment about I'd love. I'm a school teacher, and we've got several disabled children. Or it was a, he worked uh, I can't remember what he said, but basically, his school children would love that, and it would be a great way to get them into golf. And that's another thing with the golf club as well. It's like I think when people watched it. They might have initially thought, what's this? Saw the first shot and been like, this is a bit silly. And then actually listened to it and thought, this is a really clever piece of kit.
2: Well, we we addressed it very early in the video to say who is it aimed at, because... Going on along that line that you mentioned about school teacher, there, I actually think originally, originally, so these are some of the old promo videos I've seen of this product. Um, it's called the Easy, by the way. I never really mentioned it in the video because it wasn't an advert, or it wasn't, you know, it wasn't my place to advertise it. It was my—I bought the products for a thousand dollars from the US. Uh, not quite sure how it got through customs, but um, I think originally you go back to the promo, and actually a lot of it was aimed at non-golfers. So you would get an easy swingless golf club in your bag, a chipper and a putter, and you could actually effectively go on a main golf course when maybe tee times weren't being used by members, and a golf club could still make revenue by selling tee times, hiring out this little set which has a an automated golf club and a chipper and a putter, and people start to get into golf. I actually think that's where it first originally came up, you know, the idea. And as you mentioned... Probably later down the line, people started to use it a lot more for, you know, if they could no longer swing the golf mm-hmm. club. And uh, I think that was the big point that we were trying to get across. A lot of people called it a stupid golf club in the end. And it was like, well, it's actually not because it's got a reason for being, it's got a reason for existing. And I wanted to test it in a fun way. And it was, I mean, honest, how, I think the only thing that didn't come across in the video was how loud it was.
3: It was, it was that loud that people on the whole, like kind of next year, we're looking around like, "What the hell is that?" Because it was like it was like a gun. Yeah, it was like a gun, isn't it? Shot yeah,
2: I, I kind of shot it off in the car park without hitting a golf ball just to show someone. And it, at, it on the car park it sounded unbelievably loud. I don't know whether it was the ricochet around everything, um, but yeah, out on the golf course, I think that's the only thing that didn't come across in the video. And One thing I I forgot to mention is how bloody heavy it was. The head was so heavy, and we we alluded to. Um, this product actually last week on the podcast and we talked about how um, I effectively thought I'd broke it. <laughs> um, we look, and and to some degree, I hadn't broke it. I just didn't know how to use it. The instruction manual was very thorough, and I thought I'd thoroughly read it, but I mustn't have read it thoroughly enough. And uh, so, anyway, we ended up shooting a different day. But yeah, it's had like four hundred thousand views so far. The response has been amazing. I think loads of people on social media have seen it and gone, "What the hell is that?" Um, you actually never had a go of it, did you, guys, Just because of at the moment with cross contamination everything, but. You you down the line, you would yeah. definitely have to have a go at it. Want to
3: have a go at that club. But what annoyed me about that, well, one little small thing, and this is just YouTube culture for you, obviously, your good friends at What's Inside, Dan and Lincoln, have done a video on the club, was it like a year or so ago? Totally different yeah. channel. It's too, If you don't know What's Inside, it's a father and son who essentially open things up, really, doesn't it? It started off with them opening up balls when Lincoln, the son, was in school, like a school home project. Uh, and yeah, na- now balls. it can be anything. It can be What's Inside a a trainer or anything. It can be... Um, a beehive. Yeah, I've done so many... Rouse and then there's like a family channel as well, which is a bit more about them and just the family and stuff. It's a cool channel. And they're both keen golfers. And they did a video on the club. They both
2: played in the YouTube, YouTube golf day last did. year. They were the
3: most subscribed channel to come over. And um, they did a video with the um, Swingless Golf Club. And then obviously we've done a video and there's comments saying, I've already seen this on What's Inside or What's Inside beat you to it. And it, it, it's not a race, is it? It's not a race always no. to get up. He's a, and it was a total. It's a different audience, different was, video. Of course it was.
2: Well, actually, I, I reached out to the guys that because at the time I couldn't get hold of the products. I think it sold out, and I actually reached out to Dan and Lincoln or Dan. I said, "Hey, any chance you've still got this swingless golf club I could borrow?" And he was like, "Honestly, I would have one hundred percent sent it over to you." Yeah. But obviously, with part of our channel being what's inside, one of our videos, we actually chopped it up to find out what's inside it. I was like, "Oh right, okay." <laughs> so it's no longer in use. Um but again our video was so different you know they are father and son having a really fun time i think they took the daughter out on the golf course to give it a whack they didn't really give it much data, and they whacked, you know, they whacked open watermelons and stuff with it, which is amazing. Such a cool video in super slow motion. But we, like I say, we were coming at it more from me being a PJ golf professional who reviews every single golf club on the market with all the technology of launch monitors, etc. How could it perform if we were actually properly testing it? But yeah, it was, it was class. I really enjoyed it. Like I say, I've got a friend of mine who's got a bad back, and he's already asking me if, I, if he can... Uh, if you can lend it and we can play nine holes and i think that's kind of where it could potentially be a bit more used in this uh in that space where people just might not be able to play golf and could use it again but it is it's uh, it's class i didn't think it was going to be as good as it was there are limitations it doesn't for short shots it doesn't particularly go high enough um but that's about it really that's its only real limitation
3: do you want to hear the nightmare golf story for the week. Hit me. Now, <laughs> Without playing, it's arguably not the best one that we had in. We've got loads of other ones in, and we are going to continue to do these every week. So if you want to be featured for Nightmare Golf Shop, a so Nightmare Golf Shop is what it says in the tin. If you have hit a golf shot, whether it be a first tee or hitting into the 18th green with a big crowd, and you've hit a terrible shot, whatever it might be, we want to hear it. So email us at podcast at rickshields.com. And we quite appreciate the more in-depth you go, so really paint the picture. So today's one, as I said, Rick, it's not maybe the best we've ever had, but it was quite fitting because it's about Gareth Bale, who has recently been on a video with Eric Anderslang, Lang, your good friend. So I'm sure everybody listening knows who Gareth Bale is, but if you don't, he's arguably in the top 10 biggest footballers in the world. Um, and this email is from Charlie. So it says, hi, guys. Um, loving the new Nightmare Golf Shots feature as it's really made me realise how many nightmare shots I've had over my 12-year playing career. Um, so this one basically starts off with, it was the summer of 2013. I'm a 17-year-old lad from Essex playing at my local course in Chigwell. My playing partner had been telling me all day that Gareth Bale was on the course today. And of course I thought it was bull something me. Why would Gareth Bale be playing at this golf course? A man like himself with all his fame and fortune, you think he'd be in a much nicer one than my local 18 holes. But it was at, I was at, but as it was at Chigwell, I couldn't rule it out as a lot of the Tottenham Hotspur players live in the area. Anyway, we're about 13 holes in, making our way to the 14th tee box, which is located right next to 13th green. But to get across the 13th green, we've got to go across a pond um, with a bridge, which is next to 14th tee. So anyway, we've just got onto the 14th tee, and we saw someone behind us in a buggy, playing by themselves, and they've hit an incredible shot into the green. It's landed about 10 feet behind the hole and spun backwards to about two foot from the pin. Me and my playing partner were in awe. What a fantastic shot it was, thinking, wow, this has got to be the club pro or something. So my mate hits his tee shot, straight down the middle, no issues, straight on the fairway. Now it's my turn. I tee up my ball. As I'm taking a few practice swings, the buggy from behind us is getting a bit closer, drives across the bridge to the green... He notices on the tee, stops and waits and signals for him to go, which was nice of him. As I'm hit, hitting my shot, i take one more look. Who is in the buggy? No, none other than the man himself, Gareth Bale. He's just finished his 2012-2013 um, season where he was the player of the year and he's on the verge of joining Real Madrid. He has also scored a last-minute screamer that season against my team, West Ham. So I wasn't his biggest fan, to say the least. So here we go. One more practice swing for good luck. I was about to hit a tee shot in front of a future 4 times Champions League winner footballing legend. I step up to my ball, swing, and top it into the bridge, which rebounds into a muddy ditch. He smiles and drives the green. (laughs) I turn around to my mate who's in hysterics, laughing at me, utter humiliation. I don't think I've ever hit a more nightmare golf shot than that. Keep up the great work. Videos and podcasts, love them all. All the best from Charlie.
2: That is great. That That's mad, the fact that... <clears throat> um, Obviously, it's topical at the moment because Gareth Bale was, was on the Eric Anders Lang podcast, which actually weirdly got a lot of press attention mm. about what he said about golf and Real Madrid and everything else. But, but besides that, the fact that <clears throat> he knew Gareth Bale was out on the golf course, he didn't believe it. He kind of sounded like he forgot it, Gareth Bale might be out on the golf course. And I think he can play a bit, Gareth Bale. I think he's pretty handy. And then... uh he stands up there and tops one. It, it's daunting when somebody of of stature of fame is watching you like that. I've I've had it a few times where I've been at like the BMW Pro-Am and things like that, and there's people you know who you who you regard as high celebrities watching you hit a shot, and it's like really really daunting but uh, that is I think funny. what's funny that is, is uh... although it's
3: daunting <laughs> it absolutely makes no difference does it let's say Charlie what's absolutely the creamed it what's, Gareth Bale's going to come up to him and go you look like a good golfer do you want to be best friends do you want yeah. to go to Spain with me <laughs> like it, Gareth Bale is literally not bothered but yeah I think what I like about it is that story for those who have a child and his friend will always tell people oh we played golf and saw Gareth Bale one time but then the next part of the story is always going to be oh yeah do you remember your tee shot you're it into the bridge like that's always going to follow isn't it <laughs>
2: It could have been worse. It could have ricocheted off the bridge and uh, and taken out Gareth Bale and injured him for the rest of the season and him not get his multi billion pound deal to Real Madrid. And we might have had a very different story. He might be a Man United player now, but
3: either way. Um, <clears throat> you might have you reckon he... two LPGA players in your hands, if from what I've seen on social media. Two LPGA players? Well, you took your two daughters to the golf course, so. All right.
2: <laughs> What do you, think uh, going with that you know what <laughs> i honestly didn't know i was thinking have you been going into my dms <laughs> <Sometimes they>. uh, <laughs> um yeah honestly took my daughters out this week to golf since lockdown and putting in the home simulator <clears throat> they have been golf obsessed my two daughters i've got a five-year-old a three-year-old and a one-year-old lad they have honestly been obsessed i dig- dug out a little golf hole in the garden. The green, the green speed at the moment is a, probably a dire two on the stint meter. But I've cut out a little hole, a little flag, like you'd get on a putting green, and a practice uh, putting green. Um, and I bought them some golf clubs. <clears throat> I was going to get them some freebies, but I thought, you know what? I don't really want to do a promotion about on Instagram with them. So I bought them off a, a company in Scotland. Um, I got them a little, a little set. They were desperate for pink golf clubs. That was kind of the, the criteria. So I got Ivy, my eldest a full set so driver seven iron sandwich putter I got my I got Pearl my youngest an iron and a putter and I got Jude my youngest youngest boy uh, an iron and a putter Um, massive heads on them they get loads of squishy golf balls but by using the squishy golf balls they're in the garden hitting pro v1s (laughs) around (laughs) Probably the most spoilt kids in the world in golf. And then they've been coming in the simulator loads. If they're not using it for a home sim- home cinema, watching bloody Blippi on YouTube, which is doing my head in. But by the way, that guy, I think I've mentioned him before, he is raking it on YouTube, Blippi. I don't know who he is. He is, he is making some money on... His views are like... Every episode gets like forty. because kids are views. watching the same
3: one over and over again, won't they? Just because they like oh, it. Oh,
2: like I... I'll literally, they'll watch, they'll always watch the same program over and over again. It's almost like it never matters. So, um, <clears throat> uh, so I was going to come with this. So, I took them to the golf course. We've got a little golf course around the corner from me, and it's got a par three course. And they were desperate, honestly, they been mitering me like crazy. And I thought, right, let's take them one night. I'll just take my, my two daughters. And Did you take Honestly. Your I took my <clears throat> I took my wedges and an A-tire. Have you fired a chip in front so, of them yet? <laughs> <laughs> so we've, we've played a game. So I, th- I always thought to myself, when I, when I was ever going to get my kids into golf, I'd never push them, I'd never pressurise them, I'd never coach them as such. I would just let them have fun. Like, I'd just literally let them enjoy being out on the golf course with Dad, having fun. So all we did, we took out, I took the, the full golf bag and everything, so it felt like a nice little experience with them. Uh, and then when we got to the golf club, I got them to take out the putters, and I got them to choose a golf ball each, a different golf ball. So uh, Pearl chose a tailor-made Picks, choice. with the little Picks logos on, and Ivy uh, picked a Callaway Chrome soft with the triple track lines. She's on, going for a lineman, really. Yeah, yeah. They wanted they a... Wanted, uh, they wanted pink golf balls, to be honest, but both of them decided to use put balls that would help with alignment with putting, which is wise because that's all they were yeah. doing. <laughs> so we went on the par three course. I <clears throat> I then took the golf balls off them on the tee. I would hit the shots into the green. like They're only like 30 yards up to 150 yards par threes. So I would hit the first shot and then just let them run off and try and get it in the hole. And I said, any means possible. Like I didn't care how they got it in the hole. They could kick it. They could throw it. They could whack it with the club. Um, and they just loved it. I, they absolutely loved it. I've noticed a couple of things. My three-year-old is steady and p- precise. So she takes her time. She takes little shots. But she always gets it in the hole quickest. Where Ivy, my eldest, is all about power. mm so, all she's doing is just whacking it as hard as she can possibly whack it. But often, she'll go from one side of the green to the other and back again. <laughs> so, it was good fun. We played nine holes. They thoroughly enjoyed it. Like, unbelievably enjoyed it up to eight holes. The ninth hole, they were a friggin' nightmare. Really? All the Yeah, I don't know why. It suddenly changed. They just wanted snacks. They wanted food. They wanted this. They wanted that. And I was like, right, we're t- time to go. We're done. It sounds like
3: six holes so, uh, would be a good number then, and then you keep them wanting that little bit more.
2: I think so. Six holes, I think, was uh, would have been absolutely perfect. But no, it was good. It was really good fun. I really enjoyed it. I think I'll definitely do it again. I gave them a, an insight to golf without making it too precious. I didn't teach them anything. They just copied Dad. And weirdly, they both put with left hand below right. Yeah, put in Which, again, I've not... I've not shown them, they've just copied me, which I might have to start doing things a bit more uh, technically sound, so they copy the right technique. But yeah, it was good. I really, honestly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it, and I will definitely do it again. I think next time I'll probably get them to take a wedge as well, so if I do, you know, if on the really short shots, they can tee off as well, but it was class.
3: Thoroughly enjoyed it. Good stuff. Good stuff. I think it's about time we went through some of these weird golf habits and superstitions Rick but before that i think it's we should just d- discuss our favorite kind of people cuz to me my favorite kind of people are the people that go onto apple podcast and rate the rick shields golf show with five stars what about you
2: they are my favorite people yeah. i, I, I- i have a very a very um precise list of requirements to become a true rick shields fan and one of them is five star rating on apple podcasts and spotify if you can rate on spotify can you rate? On spotify? no you can't
3: annoyingly um
2: oh so don't worry spotify if you listen on spotify go and download apple podcast and download and I don't know if you can do that but either way yeah if you can if you can just give me five star and leave us. a review just pass it on to a
3: friend amazing, or rate you. it or listen <laughs> to the same episode twice maybe that would be quite a good way of helping us potentially <laughs> um share the shoes yeah. <laughs> I need to bring that back actually so weird golf habits um I've picked 3 um this week maybe we'll do one some weeks maybe some weeks we'll do five we don't know we just go with the flow but as always if you want to be featured email podcast at rickshields.com i appreciate some short and snappy ones we also appreciate some longer more in-depth ones so feel free whatever you want to do the first one is from jack now the reason i've picked this one is because it's something very similar to what i do it's quite short quite snappy dear rick one superstition I've always had while playing is repairing other ball marks on par threes. As soon as I walk onto the green, I repair my own pitch mark and two or three others. My high school golf coach always told me to do it because it shows respect for the golf course and for the sport, and I also believe it's good karma. I love your work. Thanks, Rick. From Jack. Now, the reason I, I, I literally do that... I I, I, I kind of get if that I, if, I, if I, like, take a divot and don't put it back, Obviously, you should do it anyway. Or the same with the pitch mark. I feel like there's going to be some kind of karma. I'm not a big karma believer as such, but on the golf course, I am.
2: You feel like you'll <clears throat> if you don't repair a pitch mark, you'll get a bad bounce. So exactly. if you don't repair, you feel like if you're if you probably more the opposite end. If you repair three pitch marks, you're going to get good
3: bounces. Exactly. So that was a good one. That short, like snappy. Um. Which is, the yeah, this is... I'm I'm going to leave that one for dessert. I've got a really, really funny one there that I do like. Next one. Um, This is a weird one, but that's the point of it, isn't it? It's weird golf superstitions, so I like it. It's from Joe Fraser. Um, he says, a oh, sort of weird superstition I have is I never clean my ball in, like, a water ball washer that you get on the tee if that hole has a water hazard on it. I would suppose um, the thinking behind it is that it would somehow attract... Water, but I think personally it's because once you think about hitting the water, you would never do it. So basically, what he started off with doing, I think, from reading this, is, is one of my
2: favourite superstitions he's, he's, I have ever heard. One
3: time he's gone to tea and thought, right, I need to wash my tea in a nice soapy ball washer. And he thought, actually, if my ball if my ball gets wet, will it get attracted to the water on the fairway or the side of the fairway, or whatever? So we thought, oh, I'm not going to do that. So now it's got to the point where he knows it's not going to happen, but he still can't stop thinking, what if? So, therefore, he doesn't clean his ball on a tee if there's water on the
2: hole. I love that. That That is honestly one of my favorite. I love... What was he called? Was Joe. Joe. Oh, good word, Joe. I think that's one of my favorite. I That kind of makes sense to me in a weird way.
3: Right, you ready for this one? <laughs> from Rich, Well, it's from Richard Ashcroft and Jason Hibbett. It's been sent from Richard, but it's a bit of a, a double team. So, hi, Rick. I noticed... You're asking um, for golf habits and superstitions, so I thought I would share this with you. Myself, I'm a golf colleague, which is quite a nice way of calling you your playing partner. My golf colleague, Jason, played our first post-lockdown last week. First round, sorry, post-lockdown last week. I'm getting too excited, I can't read. It's not not that good, it's just made me me laugh. can't speak. (laughs) Having not played for a while, we both started quite rusty, and conversation turned to your online golf channel, and various hints and tips. As the round progressed, before hitting a shot, we started to mention to each other, think Rick Shields, in the context of what advice and guidance you would offer. This evolved into simply saying out loud, Rick Shields, before every shot. And honest (laughs) to God, we both started hitting the ball longer and straighter. I'm not sure how long the habit will carry on, but for at least nine holes at Woolley Park Golf Club, it proved a must-do habit. Thanks for the great work, and maybe see you on the podcast soon. Regards, Richard and Jason. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine that? as two blokes on a golf course about to take the shot, saying, Rick Shields. Think Rick Shields. What would Rick do? What would Rick do? Oh,
2: my goodness. That is ridiculous. So I've got a
3: question for you, then, and I'll give you my answer as well. Where would (laughs) be... the best place on the golf course to do what rick shields would do what would be the best shot to do what you would do and what would be the worst shot oh wow
2: um <clears throat> oh. well i played my first round back after lockdown recently and you walked round with us the video is going to go out this week which we need to come on to and so got I got home after that round and honestly, didn't think I did any single part of my game well, <laughs> mm. but none none of the parts of my games were terrible. Like it was all just so so. Yeah, in the middle. Um, I think if if you had to pick me to do one shot, if if money counted on it, I would feel very very confident with a sand wedge in my hand, hitting it full.
3: Okay, wasn't.
2: Well, like I, I feel like a hundred yard sand wedge. <clears throat> you seem to be no, no you seem just, to be pulling. No, the face it's not. Up.
3: It's just that for me, I would have gone all day driver, a bit of a dog leg, right to left. I feel like, yeah, you're pretty good there. I
2: don't know. It doesn't in a weird way. It doesn't. It doesn't always suit my eye. I feel like I almost try and not hook it too much. Um, I think I'm a, I'm a decent. I can hit nice iron shots. I just don't hit them close enough. Like I never feel like I hit bad iron shots, but I just never hit them super close. Similar with driver, certainly the round that I played, I didn't hit any horrendous drives, but I only hit a handful of decent ones. And my putting at the moment is just so, like, nondescript. It's like... Nor is it... I probably didn't three put once, but I didn't one put once either, really. Very vanilla. Um... That's funny. That though, that what would Rick Shields do? Or Rick? Imagine if I was walking around, I could hear two guys shouting "Rick Shields." Like I'd be thinking, "What the hell?"
3: Yeah, the shot that I think they shouldn't set it on would be a, a downhill nasty chip. Not a lot of green to work with. Quite lush, thick, juicy, rough. <laughs> Got a fifty-eight. No, l- I don't think that l-
2: lush and l- lush, thick, juicy is okay. <laughs> it's when it's like thin When it's in. no, yeah, when the, when it's a tight lie. That's what I'm <clears throat> So terrible. do you think Richard and but Jason should
3: continue to... to be saying that or do you think they should stop?
2: I think they should continue to say it. And I think for that, they should be our v- listeners of the week.
3: Well, I've also got another listener of the week, so let's have Richard and Jason. All right, okay. okay. <laughs> they can be apprentice listener of the week. What they'll have to do then is get back in touch with us next week or the week after when they've played golf again and let us know how the Rick Shields... Same... I, want,
2: I want video evidence of yeah,
3: yeah, actually we do. <laughs> Okay, so this Listener of the Week... Um,
2: if we get video e- video evidence, we'll, we'll play it on the podcast.
3: And then it could be VIP listeners. So, um, pretty... I keep playing down the people that I'm... I i do not know why I'm doing that. I keep going to say, it's not the best ever we've had, but it is. It's good. Um, so, if you are new to the podcast or you've not listened to the podcast for a while and you've forgotten what Listener of the Week is, it's essentially a shout-out to someone that listens to the podcast and supports the podcast. There's a few criteria to being a Listener of the Week, though, as Rick knows. You have to email us, obviously, podcast at rickshields.com. But you don't start your email off like you would with other emails. It's Hi, Rick. It has to be Hi, Guy and Rick. That's, I mean, you don't even have to include Rick on that. Like, it can just be Hi, Guy. That's what you have to do. If you want to have a habit... I
2: don't, I don't no. read so it. If, you want, if to you want guy. your habit
3: shouting out or you want your nightmare golf shot shouting out, then by all means, address it to Rick. If you want to be listening to the week, however, it's Hi, Guy and Rick. So this guy, John, has done just that. He's put Hi, Guy and Rick. Now, the other criteria you need to do is to ideally rate the podcast and screenshot it or share the podcast with a friend on WhatsApp or on text and send us a screenshot, follow us on uh, Facebook, subscribe to Rick's channel on YouTube, etc., all the kind of nice stuff. Now, John has come in with a line that by its very nature got him Listener of the Week. He said, I know I probably won't make Listener of the Week. And by saying that, I thought, no, you are. If you've said you're not, then you are. So we started off, I know probably won't make this from the week. I don't tweet, don't have Instagram, don't have TikTok, or any of those things, but I do follow both Facebook pages. So I thought, well, he's showing his support on the platforms he's on, so therefore I'll show my support back to John. He says, I've been playing golf since I was a kid, um, but never had the time to devote to being as good as I was like to be. I started watching Rick's channel uh, videos on his channel last summer, um, trying to work on my game, and now he is my go-to source for anything golf. My game is still a work in progress. Some days it's not that bad; others it's like unfolding a lawn chair in a tornado. It's quite a nice analogy. It's quite cool. Um, I just finished the most recent podcast. Guy, give Ozark a chance; it will grow on you. If you guys ever find yourself in the middle of the US and want to see what um, the lake of Ozark is really like, hit me up. It's less crime with bigger boats. Although there is a bar called Marty Birds, there are multiple courses around the lake too. Cheers from John Powell. What a nice, what a nice blow, nice, John.
2: <clears throat> we will happily take up your your uh, invitation. uh spend so a week <laughs> at JPs. Sounds good. Exactly. That, that Ozark is like the, the the scene that it's on. I actually googled it and had a look of where it was, and it does look phenomenal. Looks unbelievable. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's good. I just thought, Guy, this podcast is a treat to all our listeners, really. Because in theory, you shouldn't be here
3: today. No, I shouldn't be. I should be... I
2: don't know, I don't know where I been 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 been, you would have been, but you would have
3: been <laughs> <laughs> I still would have been here, probably sat around. It should have been, um, obviously, my wedding on Saturday. I had to think about that then.
2: You, sh- you should be a married man right
3: now. I should be, as you're flexing your wedding ring and the camera there because I can't wear mate. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to. <laughs> Someone's married, all <laughs> right. No, uh, actually, though, we had a really good weekend because we should have been getting married on Saturday, as I think we mentioned in the podcast last week. It's now going to be the end of September, fingers crossed, if everything is kind of a bit more normal by then. But Abby, my um, girlfriend, well, fiancé, um, she got in touch with the place we got engaged, which is a lovely, um, I don't officially know what it's called, like a it national looked, park. I think it actually is called Castle Howard, which is near, just past York. Um, it's like 10,000 acres. It's a massive place. Um, it's got a verified Instagram exactly, account. Like 30,000 followers or something like that. Um, speaking of, I'll mention that in a minute, actually, the, the Instagram account. Um, but she got in touch with them to say that, basically, she was aware that the actual gardens and the grounds weren't open yet because of, um, obviously, the coronavirus. It actually opens this week on Wednesday. But was there any possibility, any chance of us being able to go? And they actually said, yeah. They said, yeah, of course you can. We'll open it all up for you. You can have the whole place exclusively. The only slight caveat—the the only slight caveat—I don't think I've mentioned this to you, Rick. Yet
2: was you had you have to shout about in the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> well, yeah, as, as I'm
3: doing, contractually obliged. They actually want to take a picture of us to put it on their Instagram page, a little bit of a story about it. So, oh nice. Uh, apparently, it was meant to be today or tomorrow. I'm not convinced it's actually definitely going to happen or not. But they took a few pictures. Did they meet?
2: Did they meet you, did they meet you so, there? Yeah, They met
3: us there. Um, there was a guy who was like from the membership team or the PR team. He spent 10, 15 minutes with us and um, took a few pictures and said that it was going to go on the Instagram page. So now a load of my friends have, have followed the page because they want to take the mick out of it because at the moment, I'm not looking my best. I'm not in the best physical shape. I've gone kind of skinny fat. I've had my hair all shaved off, and it looks like a microphone. It's all a bit rubbish. <laughs> so I just know full well these pictures are going to be absolutely horrendous. They've done an iPhone as well. I wasn't sure if they were going to come with like some fancy DSLR camera, but they wasn't. it was done an iPhone 8. So I'm not sure how they're going to come out looking. But
2: you were there. You, were, you should have, uh, We'll take the picture on my iPhone 11 Pro and I'll send it yeah, to exactly. you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
3: So we'll see how that comes out. But anyway, it was a nice day. And
2: Do you think it would have been too hot on
3: Saturday? Potentially, yeah. We're trying to, like, we're trying to clutch at straws that like, oh, It would have been too know, hot today. That's what Abby said. But <laughs> it, was, it was warm. It was a nice day over in York. But what was so weird was all we did we got up left the house about 10 o'clock about just under a two hour drive over to York got to the place had a couple of hours there it's great and then drove back the night before because obviously we didn't really do anything I felt almost stressed and worked up about the fact that I had to drive somewhere like it was like a big deal i like got oh, god, I'll get in the car I've got to drive for two hours have got to go somewhere it's like it was crazy but it made me feel more normal by being out in, being on the motorway it just felt like life was a bit more normal again yeah, it does.
2: It, when you leave, you know, your house and actually go out and about at the moment, it does feel so normal, like, mm. it really does. But anyway, you've come here not to listen to coronavirus, but hopefully, like I say, guy, yeah, you'll be uh, a married man come September, and uh, <clears throat> I'm looking forward to it. Um, have we... i tell you what I wanted to touch, about, touch on very quickly. A, a bit of advice. I've had a few messages la- this last couple of weeks saying, listen obviously now we've had 12 weeks off golf i feel like my season is going to be let down how can i still fulfill my potential this season and in it, it no doubt it's going to be slightly harder for a lot of people because you've missed a massive chunk of the of the start of the season where you've probably worked through really hard through the winter ready to start in march april to get your handicap down for this season i think the big thing to note is that golf is not doesn't work like that. You you might have got off to a terrible start to the season. So see this as a fresh start. If you're gonna start in June right now, first of June we are on today, see this as the new start of your season. Set reevaluate your goals. Yeah the season might be shorter depending on where you are in the world, but reevaluate it and set new goals that just completely sidetrack what you've done in the past and then when golf competitions start again which i don't think will be far away now because even in the uk you can start playing three and four balls now just work harder than you have ever have done before you know i'm sure it's an excuse to get out of the house and play more golf now because people are going to be stuck at home for so long or they have been stuck at home so long so it's much easier to get a, a hall pass out to go and play some golf and practice just You can still fulfill your potential. You've just got to reset goals, reevaluate things, and start the season now in June, ready till the end of the season to have your best 2020 golf ever. And also, there's not much else to do.
3: You know what? I think you're, you're right. I actually think, and I'm just talking what well, I think here, obviously, so there's no evidence behind this. If you are a low handicapper, let's just say you're a, know, a 3, 4, whatever it might be, 5 handicapper, and this year it was your year you wanted to get down to two or to scratch or to whatever it might be. Then, yeah, we've missed a chunk of the season. It might be very difficult to then kind of catch up with that and the practice you would have put in and the comps you would have played. But I actually reckon a lot of people who have mid-teen handicappers or somebody that wants to break 90 for the first time, or, you, know, but, you know, but quite serious with it, those people may potentially actually play better because, yes, they haven't been able to play, but actually... And I'm going to use like Rob Potter as the example here. We know we talk about Rob quite a lot. He's a good friend of yours. He's a great guy. He's a very kind of serious golfer and he's probably better than his handicap, but he's almost too hard on himself. But because these guys haven't had the chance to go on play, I think when they actually get on the golf course, they're just going to be enjoying it so much more and not taking it for granted. Well, it's
2: funny you mentioned Rob. Rob sent me a message yesterday. He shot his best gross score ever yesterday.
3: Well, that's weird because that's literally exactly what I'm getting at.
2: How mad's that? He shot a far. How many overs is that? He shot a five over gross. I think he's playing off nine now. So he's, uh, I'm guessing this might be in a competition where he can bring his handicap down. You know, that he probably just went out and, and just enjoyed being and exactly, out again.
3: Whereas normally he would have spent March, April, and May grinding and hitting balls, which is obviously you need to do, clearly, but maybe over-analytical of himself, counting really how many putts he's missed to the right by, etc., etc. Instead, cetera. Instead, he gone out with his mates, had a laugh, been so thankful to be on the golf course, be healthy. I know that's a bit corny, but just being out there and playing, that actually good golf then follows. Obviously, that wouldn't happen for, if Rory goes out tomorrow. He's not going to play as well, I guess, as he would do for grinding for three months. But for the average golfer, I think potentially people might just be more happy and grateful and that might actually then give them better scores i agree i totally agree i think it it
2: could be a big turning point for many people's golf games um i've like I said, i've got a video coming out this week my first 18 holes back find out whether i shoot six under or 90 yeah.
3: <laughs> or something realistic
2: because <laughs> it, it's somewhere somewhere in between those numbers um I think that's pretty much everything. We've got some, we've got some cool coaching videos coming up. We have, which I think is going to help. you. We here. have, um, and then we're going to get back out on the golf course again. I think I've got some more ideas to film in the home simulator. Um, I think there's a part
3: of your golf bag that might need to be getting looked at soon, Richard.
2: I think it's, I'll be honest. I think it's two parts, yeah.
3: big parts as
2: well. I think there's that. There might actually be three parts. You know, <laughs> let's just go for a whole. New these are my three. These are my three parts, I think. It's
3: an exclusive for the podcast, for the people who are still listening. Exclusive only for the podcast.
2: Okay. The first thing I felt like I needed to change was my irons. Mm -hmm. I've had a little fling with those irons. It was a a bit of of an off-season fling. I quite like the look of them. They're beautiful golf clubs. I quite like the fact I can play a forged blade from ping, but I've got to be truthful for myself. They don't offer me anything in the level of forgiveness. No. Like I I'm it doesn't matter how many but I can hit a 1000 golf balls every day for the next 10 years. I don't I still don't think I'm quite going to be as consistent to hit. Just I don't know. I just don't feel like I'm getting everything I need from them. So I think I need a, a, a set of irons that have a little bit more cavity. Something a bit like my old Wilson irons.
3: You know what I think you could go down. A Little T100 vibe.
2: I just feel like they're a bit too powerful. Mm. I'd rather go CBs. CB, yeah. Okay. CBs I can work with that because that's kind of uh, it's not they're not too powerful. There's, they're not a classic classic blade. And they've got a bit of a cavity, or like a Mizuno. Can't think what they're called now. Like the not the copper irons. The MP twenty MM
3: whatever or
2: yeah MMC or whatever. I can't remember the names. Um, so something along those lines. Like a player's iron, but with a bit of cavity that's forged, ideally, and and I honestly think I need to look at my driver. I played on Wednesday and I felt like I hit it nicely. I just don't feel like I'm getting everything out of it, so I think a driver test might be needed just just for my own sanity. I might come out of it and still have the F9, but I just feel like I need to double check. And the last thing I need to do after doing a a wedge check uh, distances in the what's in the bag last time, I think I need to alter the lofts on my wedges. I think I need a 50, a 54 and a 58 as opposed to a 52, 56, 60. There's too big of a gap between my gap wedge and my my pitching wedge. And at the moment, I don't feel like I use my 60 to its full potential. I feel like I can use a 58, open it up and still get the benefit.
3: Tell you what, you don't need to change though what is really good in your golf bag, your Garmin stuff. (laughs) Thank you. Garmin (laughs) products are great.
2: Garmin's awesome. Uh, old blue is great. I like that tightness, two iron. <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, there's a few things to look at. Irons, wedges, driver. <laughs> yeah, it's quite large, isn't it? Yeah, just like twelve, 12 11 clubs in my bag.
3: Well, I don't think from what I've seen, it's not really a swap just for the sake of it. I think it's actually hopefully potentially going to be a performance gain. I think with driver, even when we test drivers, obviously we give drivers and you give drivers a full rounded review. But so much of the story over the last year or two has been about speed and distance, that when we're testing it, that's naturally what we're looking at most because we want to see, is this new driver from whatever brand longer than last year's? And if so, by how many miles per hour ball speed? But we probably, well, not, don't overlook it, but what we need to kind of look at for you, I think, more is, is a drive that's going to help you be a bit more stable, for, a bit more straight, essentially. something that's a bit. Yeah. So obviously I've got the Cobra this year and I went for the SC Extreme, the bigger headed one. And I think something like that potentially it might not be your first choice, but it might not be a bad route to go down because for two ways, I think it's more stable in its head. So you might see you hit a bit more accurately, but because you have that confidence, that it is more stable, you might even pick up a little bit more speed.
2: Yeah, I I, I never I never play a hole and. Think I'm not long enough. Like I never, I don't literally look at a par four and go, God, I wish I could hit it ten yards further. Like I just never do. So for me, it's not about distance. Like say, I need to be able to have the ability to hit more fairways. I think I play okay golf, but I don't hit enough fairways. And when because I don't hit enough fairways, I don't hit enough greens. And when I do hit the green, I don't hit it close enough to the flag. If I could have a, a shot that hit more fairways, I would hit the green almost every time I would get closer to the hole because I'd have more control I agree so we'll find out what's coming up next guys thanks so much for listening to the podcast it's been a pleasure Guy that was a class episode as you promised everybody listening so well done for putting that together
3: no worries <laughs> I'll be uh, handing my notice and I'll be joining uh, the NBA probably next week or the week after so this might be the last podcast you hear from me but it's been a pleasure I've enjoyed okay. it so
2: everyone will, uh, <laughs> everyone will be looking forward to following your journey <laughs> oh quest for the nba yeah. <laughs> right guys <laughs> sounds more reasonable than quest for the open it does sense. actually
3: <laughs>
2: guys thanks so much for listening um and we shall see you all soon stay safe and that is the latest episode of the rickshaw